0: It's the Bruins Benders Podcast, Season 3, Episode 11 with Maddie and Smitty. Stink, stank, stunk. Brought to you on the Inside the Rink Podcast Network. Insidetherink.com is your one-stop shop for all your NHL and ECHL news, insight and analysis. Follow on X at inside underscore the underscore rink. Download the Inside the Rink app. And if you're watching on YouTube, go ahead and hit that subscribe button. Subscribe to the Inside the Rink YouTube page. Smitty, once again, is going to convince you to sign up for ESPN Plus. Yeah,
1: you should sign up for ESPN Plus by going to InsideTheRink.com slash ESPN today so you don't miss any NHL action. They have all the college sports over there. You got your NHL action, some UFC, all kinds of shit. So go over to InsideTheRink.com slash ESPN and sign up today so you can see all the hockey, even the bad, bad hockey that's been played by the Bruins lately.
0: Yeah, it, I'll tell you the the that's quite a new slogan. All the shit is right there on that's ESPN right. Plus. They got it all. Uh, yeah, and I'm coming to you live from the frozen tundra that is my studio here in the uh, closet uh, here in Brunswick, Maine. It is it is uh, quite a tit nipply out here? Yeah, in my uh, in my and if you're watching on YouTube, I am. Uh, yeah, I have a hood on. I'm 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 freezing to death <laughs> right now. But we will carry on and talk some Bruins hockey. And their game is frozen solid
1: yeah. right now. I'm not sure why Co- I'm in a good ice. mood because the team's been playing like absolute ass <laughs> lately, terrible. but but I'm but I'm excited to talk about it. So let's get after it. Yeah, so let's talk about it. Uh the Bruins
0: uh have been John White dreadful. Uh, the last three games, and uh, hopefully they can turn this thing around on Thursday against a really bad San Jose Sharks game. It's not a Sharks team. Uh, but first, hey, uh, Jacob Truba, uh, he was fined $5,000 for slashing Trent Frederick right in the skull, and that was uh, interesting to note that uh, Marty McSorley was pretty much banned from the league for something pretty similar.
1: I think McSorley got 20 or 21 games for that. I mean, he did three, I believe it was. Okay. He did. Yeah. He did chase him down and, and, and whack him. Whereas the Truba thing wasn't like a premeditated chasing him down type of a thing. It, it, and it looked like Frederick and him were kind of in a tussle a little bit there. And then he kind of lost his balance, but still it, it looked kind of intentional and, and Whacking somebody a two-hander in the head uh, should be a suspendable offense, in my opinion. I mean, yeah, it should be. If yeah. my if my Brad Marchand's going to get four games for punching a goalie in the mask, then yeah. someone should certainly be suspended four games for taking a two-hand swing and connecting with someone in the dome.
0: Yeah, if it, it, it from where the way I look at it is if. You are you are in control of your stick. Like you are in charge of what your stick does. And if you are that careless, you can still be suspended. So all the people saying that, well, he he meant to hit him in the waist or this or yeah. whatever. It doesn't matter. You're in charge of your own stick. And he viciously just swung the thing. Yeah. And that that is just something that you cannot have happen. So that needs to be suspendable um, regardless of his intent. And if you want to argue that, go ahead.
1: But I just think it's just brutal. It's brutal and it's and it's reckless. And and the thing about all these people's compla about the intent and everything, like, do you think guys intentionally intend to whack other guys in the mouth with their stick and give up four minute power? They don't. Ian Mitchell whacked somebody in the mouth and got a four minute, you know, double minor for high sticking. He's not trying to hit someone in the mouth. It doesn't matter what your intent is. If you did Mm -hmm. it, you should be punished. Yes. I totally 100% agree. And look, I was the first
0: one to say that McAvoy's hit was stupid and, CR, and yeah. suspendable and yeah. everything. So it's not like a homer thing. Like I I just think that that was crazy to me that he would swing his stick and whack the guy in the head and you don't get any suspension at all. And the five th- they need to redo those fines. These guys are making way too much money now. Yeah. 5,000 bucks is like a drop in the hat. Sure. To be the maximum it's just insane. It is. That's crazy. Insane. It is. That needs to be revisited. 100% it's just stupid. Um all right, rapid review time and this was a stink stank, stunk in the first one, a stink <laughs> on eleven twenty-four versus Detroit a 5 to 2 loss a Black Friday matinee that was as entertaining as standing in
1: line at Coles on Black Friday at 4 a.m. This was not very good. No, it was terrible. Uh, they played bad. They didn't start well. They went down 2 nothing early. And, uh, you know, it, it, Detroit basically dominated the game. I think the the Bruins really weren't in it very much. I mean, Detroit had a two, nothing lead. And then I think a three, one lead, and then it, you know, got away from it It was five, one. And I think they scored late. Uh, So it it just, it's, it's um, Montgomery had said it, it's kind of been a trend prior to this, where they were starting to kind of lose their game and lose their details. And it finally caught up to them, uh, you know, against a pretty good Detroit team.
0: Man, Detroit has had their number. They beat them twice in regulation. And this is a team I don't want them seeing them play. Uh, especially with Patrick Kane uh, as well. Like this is a pretty dangerous team and it doesn't look like the Bruins match up very well with them. And that's not a good sign. And I hope that they don't have to uh, meet them in the playoffs in any fashion. Uh, All right. 1125 the next day at the Rangers second night of a back to back. And this was stank seven to (laughs) four. The Rangers just absolutely. And they're, they're hot as a firecracker. They're a sneaky, team that no one's been talking about at all uh, but they have been toe-to-toe with the Bruins in the standings mm-hmm. pretty much throughout and they just dropped 40 shots on the Bruins seven goals and it was ugly uh, and the Rangers are a really good hockey club and the Bruins were and they catch the Bruins playing at their worst hockey
1: yeah the, the the Rangers have all the elements that you would need to be a cup contender they have the goaltending, they have the defense they have high level elite talent and they also have depth uh it's you know basically what the Bruins had last year that the Bruins pissed away in the first round against Florida uh, this Rangers team though has some has some toughness on the back end you know we talked about truba a little while ago he you know, he's a hitter. He's a, you know, a headhunter, plays on the edge type of a guy. So they have kind of all the elements you would want in a team to uh, go deep into the playoffs. So this is a really good Rangers team that should be getting some more credit than than they have been up until this point.
0: For sure. I mean, it's a team that can definitely, I can definitely see in the Stanley Cup finals for sure. sure. Uh, and then on 11-27, this was stunk. Uh, the Columbus Blue Jackets in Columbus, a bad Columbus team had lost six in a row at the time, a new low five to two loss. Columbus, uh, had lost six in a row. Leaders were just aren't leading. All the things that could go wrong here did. Bruins gave up five plus goals in three games in a row for the first time since 2012. Yes. I mean, that's insane. And, and this team, this Columbus team, is in complete disarray. Like they just aren't very good at all. They have some talent, but they just haven't put it together. Uh, you know, 6 12 and four heading into this game, like just bad. And uh, you would have thought, and I thought, this would be a feel good. You know, you lost a couple in a row to two two good teams. I thought they'd come into the Columbus game and just right the ship and beat them and get back on track. And they were down two nothing in a millisecond, and it was just uh, they had no chance, and they just they had no real fight in this game at all.
1: No, they didn't play well. They didn't really have any fight. Uh, their best players were bad again. Um, mm. and when they do start to finally, like they pull the goalie, uh, Swayman gets pulled, they put Allmark in, uh, they finally seem to get a little offensive traction. They have a great shift in the offensive zone. It goes back to Grizzlick at the point he mishandles the puck, gives up a breakaway and then it's three, nothing. So like, even when they were dominating, they still found a way to give up a goal. Uh, and then it just snowballed from there and, and, uh, you know, it, Just bad news all around. I I would say the only positives in this game were that um, Patra got off the schneid. He scored his first goal in 10 games. And Beecher scored again. And and he's having himself a nice little season there on the fourth line. Uh, It it was nice to see the kids kind of um, were the ones to, you know, with a little pushback. Uh, mm-hmm. The fact that it wasn't the veterans and the veteran leadership is concerning, uh, certainly. Totally concerning. <laughs> but uh, the fact that some of the kids were, were leading the way and trying to push back against this uh, is, you know, bodes well, I guess, for the future, but not in the present, for sure.
0: No, no. And, in, in, you know, this is... You know, the, the Bruins have, we've said this last week, actually, about the goaltending and how the goaltending has been covering up a lot of mistakes. Yeah. And even last year, like, they, there were a lot of times last year where the goaltending was so spectacular that they would win games they probably shouldn't win. And this is one of the, the a three-game stretch here where the goaltending didn't, didn't do it. The right. goaltending was extremely average to below average. Mm-hmm. And when this happens, this is what happens. Like, this is, this is what happens. So the goaltending is a huge part of this. And now I think you're seeing why Sweeney won't give up on yeah. Swayman. He wants to keep both guys until the end of time. Yeah, And then until he absolutely has to get rid of one of them. And he may keep him again next year. He might. Like, because the cap will go up a little. Mm-hmm. He'll give Swayman, Swayman his $2 million raise, $3 million raise, whatever it is. And he might still keep them both. Because this is what the team is centered around is a goaltending. It hasn't been there the last three games, and this is what you get with a team that just hasn't been playing well at all. And as Monty said, for six or seven games, not just three games, right? You know it's just been, it's been this way for a bit for a couple of weeks. So you know, they need to write the ship. They have a the favorable kind of schedule coming up with San Jose and then Columbus again. Like you know, they can win a couple of these games here, but they have to show up. Or they'll just continue this this free fall here, which is which would become really concerning if they go in at home against San Jose and lay an egg. Like that would be really concerning. Um, all right, seven sherps and sponsored by Lobster Brewing. Lobster Brewing and Tasting Room in downtown Woonsocket, Rhode Island, specializing in small batch ales and lagers, including Bar Down, New England. IPA and uh, it's open seven days a week. You can use the coupon code sports to get 10% off your online order of bar down New England IPA yeah. uh, and also go to Lops Brewing at Lops, Lops Brewing on the social medias to, uh, to get the new beers and events there. chirp uh, num- number one, Bruins aren't playing to their identity which Monty has talked about a bit. Is it just a bump in the
1: road or is it really concerning? Right now, I would say it's just a bump in the road. I mean, I know they lost three in a row. I know they gave up more than five goals for the first time in three games in a row since 2012. Um, but I'd say right now it's just a bump in the road. They didn't really have any adversity last year at all. Like, they just no. went through everybody like shit through a goose. Like, they're, they're just, it was, they didn't, no, no, no pushback. Like, they just walked everyone just destroyed yeah. everyone <clears throat> and until yeah. they got to the playoffs um right. so and maybe that was part of the reason why they didn't know how to handle it cuz they had just easily gone through everyone all year uh and then you know got some pushback when it comes to playoff time and and didn't know what how to deal with it so um the fact that they have to deal with some of this adversity in the regular season uh is good for them I think in the long run and and will help them uh, have to deal with stuff like this when, when it comes to the, the playoffs. Last year in late January, they lost three in a
0: row mm-hmm. at Tampa, at Florida, at Carolina. Yep. Went on to win eleven of twelve. Right. So, uh, but it had a different feel. Those are all close losses. Yeah. Like I mean, that's a that's a, those those are and all and that's, a,
1: that's a gauntlet. Yeah, that's a gauntlet. Those are yeah. all like real good.
0: You know. <clears throat> right. Right. And th- this time they lost by three goals all three games, and they and they gave up you know, 17 goals or whatever it is like, this is different than that. They're also not as talented overall as they were last year. No. And if they're goaltending, as we just said, if they're goaltending because becomes just slightly above average, then they'll lose some games because they, they, the goaltending saves them quite a bit. And I don't know if we understand just how much, but it does quite a bit. And that can't happen. Like the, the goaltending has to stay at a, at a, pretty elite level for them to go as far as they need to go with this with this roster it just it just has to because you know there's some you know deficiencies and you know their defense has not been good lately you know their coverage hasn't been good in the in the in the defensive zone at all you know I mean there's some flaws on the team that are exposed if the if the goaltending is just okay
1: and yeah, I think that's what you're seeing now. Yeah, the Rush defense has been awful. Uh I mean the Rangers Incredible. really um benefited from that and I think the Bruins' uh goaltending up until last week it probably has changed since then because of all the goals they've given up but I believe the Bruins were second in the league in goals saved above expected yes. going into second. uh last week behind only mm-hmm. Vegas. So mm-hmm. um and it was a list of all the teams at the top of the league and it You know, it's what everybody says, you know, good goaltending wins games, wins championships. I mean, if you get good goaltending, you're going to win games. And the Bruins, you know, this week, along with the defense being porous, uh, the goaltending was average. And when the goaltending is not great, this team uh, seems to struggle.
0: It does, and I mean, ask Edmonton about goaltending. Yeah, so <laughs> yeah. I mean, Jesus. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it needs to get better. And speaking of goaltending, chart number two: Jeremy Swayman and Jim Montgomery seem to have a little bit of an exchange when Swayman was pulled two to nothing early on in the, in the game, and then on, and then no Swayman on the bench. People were saying maybe he was stretching, not enough room on the bench. Whatever the case, uh, something that's Montgomery was actually heard saying, we'll talk about it tomorrow. My decision, uh, Swayman will play Thursday night, but this was kind of the first time you saw something with the players against the coach, not a great look.
1: No, uh, but I think, you know, he's a competitor. It's in-game. It's heated. I mean, you used to see Tom Brady yelling at Bill O'Brien or Josh McDaniel. Like, it happens within a game. Like, he's competitive. He wants to play. It's 2 nothing. It's not 5 nothing. So, he thought probably he should stay in. I thought both goals that he gave up weren't great. I think he should have had the first one for sure. The second one was kind of a screen that he probably should have had if he was on a little bit of a better angle or maybe a little further out uh, challenging the shot. So... um, (laughs) I don't have a problem with Montgomery pulling him in that situation because he hadn't been good leading up to that game, and then in that game he started poorly. So I don't have a problem with the coach pulling him. I don't have a problem with Swayman saying, "Hey, I want to play, I want to stay in, I want to fight my way through it." Um, they they did mention Montgomery, I think mentioned today, or Swayman did that uh, they're fine, everything's fine between them, there are no issues there. So. Um, I mean, they're not going to say obviously that there's a, <laughs> that there's a problem, but it seems to be squashed and, and we'll, he's going to start Thursday against San Jose and we'll see how he responds and the team responds. Cause they, they need it. They need it. They do.
0: And if, if and I'm saying if, if Thursday night they come in with any type of lackluster effort, then I'd be really worried. Like I, I would be yeah. because Thursday night is every opportunity to come home not to get your balls beat three games in a row. Mm -hmm. And you've heard about how badly you're playing and, you know, he gets pulled and everything and Montgomery's not happy and so forth. And then come out and just lay an egg again would not be great. It would not be great at all. So I'm, I'm, I'm interested to see how they'll come out Thursday against a bad team, against a team that they should pretty much stomp, and they're not very good. So hopefully they come in and give one of their better efforts of the season. Uh, All right. Chart number three, as we, as we mentioned, Patrick Kane to the Red Wings. Do we actually give a shit?
1: I I mean, I, I don't really, I think, He's pretty much cashed at this point. He wasn't great uh-huh. for the Rangers last year. He's coming off uh, hip surgery that that hip uh, whatever they call it resurfacing surgery. Yeah. Guys, generally, when they come back from that surgery, are not effective. Uh, right. There's been one guy, I think, uh, he played for the Capitals, but I'm his name escapes me at the moment. Uh, came back and he had like 22 points in 57 games or something like that. But other than that, like there hasn't really been anybody that's come back from this surgery and Ben really any good. So I'm not, you know, real concerned about it. I mean, the fact that it's Detroit, Detroit concerns me more than Patrick Kane. On Detroit concerns me just because the Bruins kind of struggle with Detroit as a whole. Uh, Dylan right. Larkin and Mason Raymond and Mord Sider and those guys, David Perron, those guys all kind of play well against the Bruins for some reason, um, and and the matchup isn't great for them. Uh, so I don't know if Kane really makes all that much difference there. Was it was it Backstrom that had the surgery? No, uh, m- might have might have been. I don't know yeah. cuz he had a hip surgery. I don't know if that was the backstrom if that was yeah, yeah the
0: resurfacing? Yeah. yeah.
1: Backstrom it, it, had it, it, hip it, resurfacing, yeah. correct? Yeah, Backstrom. Uh and Backstrom's done now. Yeah, so, that's what I mean. He, uh, yeah. he hasn't been yeah, great I, since
0: I I don't you know, Kane I'm I'm with you on Kane. Like I, Kane doesn't doesn't really I mean, will he will he get some points? Yeah. He'll yeah. probably play with a brinket who scores all sorts sure. of goals. And yeah, he'll probably get some points, sure. But he's terrible defensively. Yes. He's never a great defensively. He's bad now. Bad. Mm-hmm. Um I mean, his statistics are terrible defensively. So in the playoffs, and again, you know, in the playoffs with the Rangers, pretty much nonexistent. Not not really much of an impact at all. And I don't see him having much of an you know the impact you would think that a Patrick Kane would right. have. I mean, we're talking about people are, are thinking about the Patrick Kane from ten years ago. Right. Like, this is not Patrick Kane now, and so I I don't really I don't really think he's going to make the impact people think he's going to make. I'm not that concerned about him. I'd be more concerned if a team got you know a, a really good player in his prime uh, that was a rival of yours. Then then would be it would be more. Of a problem, but I don't think he makes Detroit significantly better, and he could make Detroit somewhat worse, especially defensively. Yeah, if he's taking up ice time and he's a, and he's a liability on the defensive end. So, um, you know, I'm I'm not a big, I don't really care. I mean, I I didn't have any real reaction to it. Like, I yeah. just I just know that he's just not the same player. By a long shot,
1: yeah. So. I'd be I'd be more concerned if it was a Vander Kane than than Patrick right. Kane. Oh, on, sure. Honestly, yeah, he's an
0: impact guy. Yeah, sure. So yeah. I mean, yeah, if, you
1: wanna, if you want to if you want to throw Evander Kane on the Bruins, I mean, they won't. But oh, uh, you is, know, a guy yeah. like a guy like that, I think, would be a, a much more impactful signing to a team in your division than than Patrick Kane is. Sure, sure, absolutely. Uh, chirp for Bruins face some adversity
0: in the regular season for the first time in over a year. Is it good for them in the long run? You you believe in You know, you you should lose one along the way or a few along the way. Are you a believer in that type of thing?
1: I think you learn more about yourself uh, when things aren't going well than when things are going Mm -hmm. well. So I think a little adversity can help you. I'm I'm never one, though, that we should lose. I would rather win ugly. And have the coach right. be able to say, "Hey, you fucked this up and this up and this up," right? Uh, but still, you know, still get the win. So I'm not like any lose on purpose kind of things. Oh, we need to lose one before the playoffs so we don't go in with you know too long of a winning streak. Like that's bullshit yeah. to me. Uh, right. But I feel like you you do need to. Um, you know, kind of battle through some things over the course of a year to, to kind of learn about yourself and your team and your teammates, uh, in order to, to be better, you know, when it really comes down to not cutting time.
0: Yeah. Agreed. I, I, I am agreement. Cause I, I think that you win all the games you can. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, I do think though that this is different. This is the first adversity in a couple of years. It's an adversity with a new leadership group. Um, First under Montgomery. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of things going on there. A, a couple of rookies in the lineup. I mean, mm-hmm. you just don't know how they'll respond. So, I'm, again, I'm looking forward to Thursday to see how they do respond. And if they get through it, look, I think they'll make the playoffs and I think they'll, you know, they'll get all sorts of 100 points or whatever it is. I mean, I think they'll, they're, they're a pretty good team. So, I don't, I don't think it's going to be a long, drawn out thing. But, uh, you know, I'm just, I'm just looking forward to seeing how, this leadership group takes takes care of it and how the rookies respond and how Montgomery responds and because he's been Mr. nice guy for a while you know what I mean and mm-hmm. you know what would he be taken seriously or shown the respect if he starts to be a little bit more of a drill sergeant because that's what Bruce Cassidy kind of wore thin on so i mean and is he comfortable doing it i mean that's the other thing i mean is, is it in his personality to be a little rough and tumble and to get into guys and things. I mean, it is a balance there. So I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see how they respond to a guy like Montgomery, who's been, was brought in here as a softer voice, kind of happy go lucky kind of guy. Well, now you gotta be, you gotta be kind of a prick. So, you know, I don't, you know, let's we'll see if he can do it. Uh, Chirp Fire, what is up with Brad Marshian? Bad stretch of games? Is he cashed? Is just declining? Is the captaincy too heavy of a responsibility? I think he's declining and I think he has been declining a couple of years. And I still believe he's he, this next year's his last. I really believe that.
1: Yeah, I think he's declining too. and uh, But I, I think a big part of it is that he's just trying to do too much. And whether that's the captaincy, like I gotta lead, I gotta, I gotta pull us out of this. I, I, I gotta do all this stuff to get the team out of this slump. I think he's trying to do too much. He doesn't shoot as much. Uh, you posted on Twitter uh, his his uh, shot uh yeah. has has gone down each of the last two years. He's not shooting mm-hmm. as much as he used to. I think he's deferring to Pasternak too much, trying to pass to Pasta too much. Uh, he's got a great shot. He should use it more. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, he's getting to the point where it's like Charlie Coyle, like shoot the fucking puck sometimes or crying out loud. Mm -hmm. Like you're on the elbow on the power play and you never shoot from there. Never Mm -hmm. ever shoot from there. It's, you know, fuck around with it. Fuck around with it. Give it to McAvoy. Fuck around with it. Fuck around with it. Give it to JVR. Fuck around with it. Fuck around with it. Give it to Zaka. Like, right. Do take a shot once in a while. Just take a shot. Doesn't have to be a slap shot. Walk in, shoot. That's all One of the best One of the best
0: Off-putted wrist shots In the game Yes Like a fucking P Like How about the
1: goal In the Stanley Stanley Cup Cup final Against Vancouver Sure Short side Like Yep A fucking dime. Yeah, he can do that <laughs> like, to either side of the either side top corner. He can do that either side yes. top corner, and he and either he just side. and he st- just stops shooting all of a sudden. Now it's dangle, right. dangle, dangle turnover, and and yep. he's got to simplify his game. He's trying to do too much, and I think that's the main problem. Even him declined. You know, someone had mentioned on Twitter. You know, we put a poll out, and someone had mentioned. You know, he had. 16 points in 19 games or something like that. Mm -hmm. Uh, And now he's, you know, still has 19 points or whatever. And now it's, you know, more games. So, you Mm -hmm. know, he has been in a funk here of late, uh, Mm -hmm. but he's still producing points. But his game isn't up to the level that we expect him to be at, that that he's been at recently. And I think it, it has all to do with him trying to do too much uh, overall, in the offensive zone, carrying the puck, whatever, just poor decision making and trying to do too much.
0: Yeah. And his shots, so his shots through percentage in five on five play is 56%, down from 60, almost 66% in 2021. So his shots through, he's not getting as many shots through to the net uh, as he did. Uh, he's not shooting uh, quality shots. Right. anymore, as you said, I mean, he has opportunities, he passes them down. He shoots more as an afterthought Mm. uh, rather than shoot with purpose kind of thing. And I, and what I think it is really with his, with his doing too much, I think that he played a certain way before the hip surgeries and before he got old and now he's trying to kind of play the same way. And he just, he just isn't as good as he was like, he just can't play the same type of style and the same. He can't do the same thing. He doesn't have the same burst. He doesn't have this. He doesn't win as many pucks. Like he's getting older and he's coming off two hips and he's just declining some. Now that doesn't mean like you said, he's almost a point per game player. It doesn't mean he's a bad player. No, it just means that he has to, understand that and play a different way, like get more pucks on the net, like just do the little things and not try. I mean, he's trying to dangle through guys like he used to. He's trying to carry the puck too long like he used to, gets himself into trouble all the time because he just doesn't have the same skill set that he had when, before he, before he had the hips and before he got a little bit older. So he's just an old, he's an older player. Now he's got to figure that thing out. He does, um, and he's a prideful guy. Like he, I'm sure he thinks in his head that he's still the same player, and he wants to prove it. And I think that's where he's getting into trouble.
1: I, I think so too. To too much, uh, yeah. and you know, with without Patrice Bergeron in the lineup, are guys keying more on him? That is a question. Right. Well, that's an,
0: that's another one. Like he now he's going to be playing with Patra and Heinen, I guess was the line today in practice, like. Boy, I mean, I, I mean, Patra and him had a little bit of chemistry in the preseason when they played a little bit there. And I'm sure that it would be. Good for him to have a playmaker type that can make passes and make plays, but uh, but is he going to
1: shoot? Mar- <laughs> if Fodra passes and the, him the puck, the, is he Mar- going to Mar- shoot it?
0: Parsonak thing is not working. No, it isn't. They're dicking around too much. Yeah. Like they're trying to be fancy and make these highlight reel plays and looking for each other, and it's just it's not working. Like it's too
1: it's too well, like Lucy Goose. Yeah, it's you can't much. you can't have two guys on the same line who both fuck around with it. Like, it doesn't work, you you know, when you have two guys on the line that are both turning it over and fucking around with it. Like, maybe you could get away with having one guy on the line who's going to do that, but not two. Right, You can't have... Two thirds of the line Especially that's the power play, right? It's, yeah, yeah. You, you know, so I, I'm glad they they broke that thing up, they they needed yeah. to. Uh, so we'll see how the lines kind of shake out. I'm sure there'll be some mixing and matching. You know, you might see some time with coil, but the coil JVR Frederick line's been really good, so I it can is. see why they don't really want to break that thing up. Um, Mm -hmm. But those other two lines are kind of a mess right now. So they they need to kind of figure some shit out. Like DeBrus needs to get going. Marchand needs to get going. Uh, Mm -hmm. Passenet needs to get going five on five. You know, Patra, one goal in his last 10. Like he's a rookie. You can't count on him to to Mm -hmm. drive a line right now. So those other guys really need to step up and, and kind of get this thing going in the right direction.
0: You know, we talk about the centers and the nasty defense. They sneaky need a right wing. They they do sneaky need a right winger. They need a Nate, you know, they're Nathan Horton. They need a right winger, you know, even a fucking Yager. Like they need a, or you Recky, Give me Mark Recky right now. Yeah. They, they need it though. And it's a sneaky need that I, I'm looking at the lines today and I'm like, they, 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 they don't have a, other
1: than Parsonak, like a natural right wing who can score. Yeah. Is that is, do you think like a Lysel or a Merkulov gets a call up possibly? You, would, for that would. reason. If,
0: if you're still struggling with these lines and Heinen's not giving anything, which he probably won't. I mean, I know people love Heinen, but he is what he is. Like I don't I'm not putting him on the top line when nobody else in the league wanted the guy. Right. Like, I mean, come on. So I, I would give Lysel a look. Um, you know, if you're you're comfortable in the standings, I'd give him a five-game little tryout in right wing, second line right wing or whatever, and see if he can see if he can do some stuff offensively. I mean, he's going to be a train wreck defensively, but maybe offensively gives you a little something and see what happens. And then you can, but I would do it now because then at the trade line, you could say, okay, we need a right wing. Like we need a guy who could score some goals.
1: Yeah. They need a spark. They need a spark in the, in the top, in the top six with, uh, with somebody, whether it's Lysel or, or a move outside of the organization or Merkulov, uh, some, something, maybe, maybe it's, um, Oh, geez. His name escapes me. Uh, Farinacci. Maybe it's Farinacci. Farinacci.
0: Yeah,
1: somebody, um, somebody like that. So, yeah. you know, maybe you have a guy come up and, and give him a little spark or something. Heinen, to me, is a bottom six guy. I don't mind him. Yeah. I like him. He's reliable defensively. But, man, you know, some of the setups he's had, that's the reason oh, that, he's a, that he's a bottom six guy. Because, right. you know, if, if those setups were for Plasinac, you know, those are goals. Right. But it's Heinen, so they're not. Uh, and right. that's fine. That's fine, but he's a bottom six guy. He's not a top six guy. I'm fine with him being on the roster, and, and I think he is reliable defensively, and he wins battles along the wall, and he's, you know, he'll do all the right things. But, um, you know, you need more offense if, from, from a guy that you're going to plug into the top six.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm with you on that, and I don't think he's the answer in the top one no, for sure. No. Uh, Trip six uh, saw a report today that the Ducks and Flames could be trade partners for Boston, in which players are realistic options. So, I looked into this today. Frank Vertrano obviously could be one. I mean, there's a winger that could that could score some goals. Certainly, I mean, he's not. He's probably a low cost. Uh, maybe higher reward type of guy, like not something you have to really sell the farm on. Uh, he's thirty years old, and uh, he has a knack for scoring goals. Yeah, he's got uh, a great shot. Ryan. Right, right. I mean, he he's he scores goals everywhere he is. I mean, it's just kind of weird. <laughs> he has a good shot, but you're, you're right, he has a good shot. Ryan Strome and and Adam Henrique are two centers on the team that probably again. Older guys, both make too much money. I couldn't believe the money they made. Uh, both near the ends of their deals, uh, both in the 30s, but also guys who could probably you could get from next to nothing uh, as far as trade assets, too. If you wanted just a veteran center because you were afraid that Potter might, you know, just for some... Just for some stability there. Sure. You could go there. And then the Flames, you're looking at Zadarov. You're looking at maybe a Noah Hannafin, who's been talked about with the Bruins for fucking five years. Mm-hmm. Uh, someone like that. Of course, uh, Lindholm, yeah. uh, the center. I mean, the, the Flames have some guys on the team as well. So those are two. And the Ducks and the Bruins have had a history with the and Ritchie trade, with the, the Hampus-Lindholm trade. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a history there of doing deals. So you may see something like that. Earlier on than the trade deadline, just like you said, to give a spark, to give a little bit of stability, to give another guy in there, because maybe they don't think there's anybody in Providence who can really do it right now.
1: Yeah, I don't have a problem with really any of those guys. I wouldn't mind any as long as, you know, you're not giving up anything, you know, outlandish or anything like that. First round picks or second round picks for any of those guys. Like, I don't have a problem with any of that. I think the Bruins could use some more depth, more depth at center, more depth at wing, Um, you know, even even third pair or defense either side to me could use some help because uh, I think the third pair overall has been horrendous for, but was terrible. Shattenkirk's been, you know, probably a little better than that. And Mitchell's been a train wreck. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, I don't, I wouldn't have a problem upgrading there either. So there's definitely some, some spots on this team that, that could use some help. So um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm in for it. Let's, let's uh, shake things up a little bit and, and get somebody in here who can help the team.
0: Yeah, for sure. And there's a guy, I mean, Jordan Eberle, is another guy with the Seattle Kraken that's been kind of talked about with the Bruins for a while. Could be a good fit, 33 years old. You know, he's he's a pretty decent offensive player. Uh, again, probably wouldn't cost you much. Uh, I'm just thinking of the teams that aren't that are down the standings. It's past Thanksgiving now. Mm-hmm. Might not be able to make a real move to get back into it. You know, maybe Maybe the Bruins make a deal before the deadline. And I think they might. I mean, I think they might do something. It wouldn't be earth shattering, I don't think. But it might be something, at least, to just to bolster the lineup a little bit right now, especially if they think they're going to take on some water here, pretty, you know, if they lose a few more. Um, All right. Chirp seven. Should the Bruins make a move now (laughs) and not wait? (laughs) I think you think they should. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I think I, I think I think they should. I think they should make a deal. I would like to see them get either uh a defenseman who has some some balls and nastiness or a, you know like a winger just to provide some depth uh in the forward group
1: because I think it's a little thin. I'm with you there. I I think uh you know as much as they say Zadarov really isn't an upgrade over forward, he is an upgrade whether it's, you know, slight or not he's an upgrade and he's mm-hmm. more physical than forward is. So to me, uh, I would make that deal. And, mm-hmm. uh, I agree with you about the, about the winger, you know, a winger or a center to me, fine. You can, cause you could move potter to wing if you needed to, or, or someone else to wing, uh, to kind of mix and match there. So, I I think they should try to make a move. I think there are some holes there and you know, I guess the longer you wait the longer or you know, the the more the price possibly could go up. So I would right. I would be more apt to do it sooner rather than later.
0: Do you do you I I really thought they they'd get the brush done before Christmas of before the new year. I really thought they would
1: get an extension done if they wanted them. Do you think do you
0: think there's any do you think there's still indecision there?
1: I think there probably is some indecision there, just because he's been uh, streaky. He's been so streaky, yeah. and and his he just kind of is in and out. Like when he skates, he's good, uh, and when he scores, he's good. But if he's not scoring, goes into a little drought, stops skating, then he's coasting around and he's useless. Like he said himself, "I'm I'm not I wasn't getting chances. When you're not getting chances, and you're a forward that scores, you know, twenty five, thirty goals, that's right. a bad sign." Yep. I mean, if you're not get, if you're getting chances and just not burying them, you could say, yeah, I'm unlucky or, you know, hit a, two, a couple of too many posts or I'm gripping the stick to whatever it is. But if you're not getting chances, that means you're not in the right place to score goals. Right. Uh, so that's right. bad. That's bad. Mm-hmm. So you're gonna, yeah, yeah, you. you're gonna pay a guy else? Yeah, you're gonna pay the guy six million bucks that's not getting scoring chances. I don't think you yeah, would. So I, I, I think I, they are still kind of up in the air about the whole thing.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, I again, I like Jake a lot. Like, Me too. I like a lot of what he brings to the table, but I just don't know if I can invest six more years in this. Like I just don't think. I can do six more years of up and up and down, or maybe he doesn't get six years from anybody. Like maybe Maybe. the league doesn't, maybe the league doesn't think of him that highly. You know what I mean? Maybe he's a three or four year deal kind of guy. Again, maybe he, the way he plays and the, and his makeup maybe is not a long-term contract kind of guy. Yeah. I mean, it could be that that
1: it could be that he needs to go to a market. That's not as uh, pressurized as Boston is you know if he was playing you know in the midwest or somewhere in canada where you know it's it's kind of a little more you know laid back or or whatever for a better term lack of a better term little laid back that uh you know he he would maybe thrive there cuz you know he has had some you know mental health things and and i don't know if that's like putting pressure on himself or not being around the guys or whatever the case may be he could maybe uh, have a little bit of a better career if he was in a place where, you know, it was a little bit more laid back and he he didn't kind of feel the pressure from the fan base and everyone to, you know, succeed, succeed, win, win. You know, we need a cup, blah, blah, blah. So, uh, uh, he, you know, that might help him out yeah. if he went somewhere is else. Is
0: and- Hopkins-DeBrusque, is that like a is that like a, mad, I, is that a match? I don't Mark. still
1: New Jersey Hopkins have scored 100 points and Jake DeBrosc has never come close to that so even yeah. though it's with McDavid and it was on McDavid's coattails and 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 so forth uh, I still think you know if you couldn't you couldn't get a one for one if that's what you're saying I think it would have to be yeah. you know DeBrosc and something else probably yeah. a, a pretty good DeBrusque prospect uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah probably yeah. a prospect uh, uh, like a pick and DeBrusque to get Nugent Hopkins, I would say. Um, right. but you know, Debrusque yeah and
0: Bussy. yeah. Is what I mean,
1: like our producer Connor says, yeah. I mean, that's uh, it probably Ooh. I'm. You might have to throw a pick in there too, but I mean, Edmonton might do that because of the they goaltending. Yeah. They so I mean, Bussy. that's 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 an intriguing that's an intriguing one. So I mean, it's possible that um. You know, they could do something like that. But Edmonton's, you know, kind of turned around here a little bit. They're starting to win some games yeah. and and stuff. Yeah. So um, you know, will they would they trade a guy that, you know, big off their roster <laughs> for
0: I'll tell you what? If you put De- Debrusque with fucking McDavid or Dreisettle. Like he's gonna score 35 goals. Absolutely, he like will. He's well. he's, got, he's gonna score 35 goals. Yeah, he is. He's gonna get all sorts of opportunities. He's gonna be. He's gonna look like the Bruins. Are gonna look like complete fools. Sure. Because he's gonna just light the thing up in hometown. Oh thing, yeah, it's gonna just be laid up on a tee for him, and he's and it's gonna be a complete bag over the head fucking. It's just going to be, I just, I don't even want to think about it.
1: No, I mean, he might, he'd probably score 40 there. He probably would. Yeah, he probably would. And, and, and we would look like assholes and Nugent yeah, Hopkins would come Hopkins here. School, would have, you know, 50, 50 points, 55 yeah. points, you know? <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I know it.
0: I can't take it. Yeah. Whatever. Uh, All right. DraftKings Sportsbook is Boston's hometown sportsbook, and it's live right here in Massachusetts, also in Maine. Bet local on all your favorite sports from the comfort of your own home with DraftKings. To celebrate, all new customers will receive up to $200 in bonus bets when you sign up. For DraftKings Sportsbook using code ITR, you can now bet local on Moneyline spreads, props, and more with one of America's top-rated sportsbooks. That's DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app, sign up with the code ITR to get up to $200 in bonus bets to use. Now that mobile sports betting is live in Massachusetts and in Maine, that's code ITR only at DraftKings Sportsbook.
1: If you are a loved one experiencing problems with gambling, call 800-327-5050 or visit helpline ma.org to speak with a trained specialist free and confidentially 24 7 21 plus physically present in mass eligibility restrictions apply subject to regulatory licensing requirements eligibility and deposit restrictions apply opt-in required bonus issued as free bets terms at draftkings.com slash ma all right our beauty for this week not many of them but one beauty
0: uh, that we like to see uh do well, and he is doing well right now, is rookie John Beecher. This will teach those filthy bastards who's lovable. <laughs> John Beecher now has four goals on this young season uh and has really come along pretty well. He's playing about 10 and a half minutes of average ice time, but that line's been pretty good, and like you said, And in a time when the team was really reeling, he really responded. He was one of the young guys to respond. And Beecher has all the tools. He's big, he's fast, he's a four checker, he plays hard, he's he's everything. If he could just find some scoring touch and some production, you know, he'd be a really good asset to have. And it's good to see him scoring some goals early on in his career because he's
1: not a real you know, goal scorer never really has, even at Michigan wasn't really a goal scorer. No, he, he kind of, so, he kind of has, he's like the Danny Pae of this team. He's, he's yes, got the jets. Yeah. He's got all the, yeah. all the talent in the world, but he has stone hands. Uh, so to see him have four already is great. And, and hopefully, uh, you know, that continues. And, you know, he ends up being, you know, a guy who you can depend on on the third and fourth line to penalty kill and, and, and do all of those type of things, play the hard minutes, be a good, maybe defensive center, third or fourth line guy, and then chip in, you know, 10, 12, 15 goals each year and just be there and, and kind of anchor that bottom six for a long time to come. And uh, there's nothing wrong with that. You know, if you, you're a first round pick and, and you're a, bottom six, you know, anchor for a lot of years in this league and and can score, you know, 10 to 15, you're going to have a real long career. So,
0: um, yeah, I mean, yeah. If you can go Zaka, Patra, Beecher the next couple of years uh, down the middle, it's pretty good. Yeah, Yeah. it's pretty good. I mean, I don't know if it's good enough, but it's, it's pretty good, you know, from the center position. So. I'm, I'm, I agree with you. I, I like Beecher. I like Beecher's game. And Jesus, he just has, you could see on the ice, like he, boy, this guy's great. And then, you know, <laughs> everything but the money shot. Yeah. You know I mean? <laughs> just like prom night. <laughs> <laughs> I'm
1: going to call John Beecher prom night. <laughs> prom yeah. Uh, <laughs> That's what yeah. yeah. I love it. Uh, yeah. And our bender this week is the entire Bruins team defense. Have ah, a bender. Uh, you know, Bruins have given up five plus goals, uh, in three games in a row for the first time since 2012. Uh, Shit, that's bad. (laughs) Right. This is freaking bad. Uh, I mean, it's bad. Yeah, it's it's bad. bad. First time since Tyler Sagan was on the team. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's bad.
0: I mean, they've given up too many goals, and they've just in the and like you said. You know, they make a mistake and it goes in the net. Like the Grizzly thing, like they're, they're starting to get some traction. Jesus they're dominating, Christ. tilting the ice, and then he turns it over in the net.
1: Yeah, not, in the net. That was a story, the story, not, not last year, but a few years ago. Any mistake they made that year was in the net. It's they could, the they net. Like they'd be yeah. out a team, you know, 17 to 4, and the other team would be winning 2 to 1 because the Bruins would make one mistake in their own zone, be in the net, or they'd get caught in a 2-on-1 the other team would score like it without a doubt it was in the net anytime they fucked up somehow it was in the net and I mean, and this little yeah. stretch right now it seems to be the case like they can't they're not getting the the huge timely save now uh, in these mm-hmm. last three games that they were getting earlier in the year. And, and, you know, that makes all the difference. You know, there's been games, yeah. certainly, that the goaltenders won them games where, you know, we talked about it before. There was a huge save by all marked on one and The Bruins go down to score. Instead of 2-2, it's 3-1. Bruins go on to win. You know, it's mm-hmm. just they're not getting those kind of saves in these last three yeah. games here. And, uh, yeah. you know, it it, it costs them games. They're They're getting L's instead of W's now because of it. Yeah, they are so they're going to have to tighten
0: it. They're getting away from what makes them great and it's yeah. the defensive structure, cash in a couple opportunities, win 3 to 1, yeah, and go home. Like that's that's what they've been doing you know, for the last couple of years, and they, they need to get back to that.
1: Yeah, defense to back, leads so. to offense for that team. When they're, when they're playing good defense, they create turnovers in the defensive end, quick outs, transition, mm-hmm. you know, goals, or, or cause a turnover while you're forechecking leads to a goal. Like, they've gotten away from that, and, and that's really what their identity is, is, is good defense that leads to, to offense, and they need to get back to that. Yeah, without a doubt. All right,
0: centennial season spotlight in today's spotlight centers around Phil Esposito. Espo was a tremendous hockey player for the Boston Bruins. 76 goals one season. Um... And you know, it, what was the old saying? It was, uh, Jesus shot, saves, Rebound. G- Jesus saves and, saves yeah, and Espo right scores that's, on the rebound. Yep. Yes, that's right. And Espo was a terrific player and then really upset about the trade to the Rangers mm-hmm. when it happened and, um, just came back actually for the centennial ceremonies a couple of weeks ago, whatever it was. Yeah. And, um, You know, had some, you know, he kind of had a fractured relationship with the Bruins for a while, but Espo was one of the all-time greats. Uh, One of the all-time great goal scorers, Mm -hmm. tremendous hands, tremendous
1: hand-eye coordination, the whole thing. Uh, And he could score the puck. He certainly could. And he was, you know, a main cog, though, in those uh, big, bad Bruins teams in the early 70s that won a couple of cups. And, and yeah, he had a little bit of a, you know, bad blood there with the Bruins for a while. Went down to Tampa and was broadcasting and so forth. And, uh you know, but it, it's nice to see them kind of um, reunite there and and uh, iron out some some of those things. And he seems to be back, and he was loving being with the with the guys at the Centennial uh, celebration. So good for him, and 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 uh, you know, good for the Bruins that you know you get a uh, one of your one of your best alumni, best players back, kind of uh, into the fold there. Sure. No, no question about it.
0: Uh, All right. Providence Bruins beauty of the week. And it's two of them. The pair of goaltenders were outstanding in two, two to one wins. Michael DiPietro, our former guest with 30 saves and a win. And then Brandon Bussey, who we talked about, 41 saves and another win. They went two to one twice. To get back into the win column, they had been close to the seller in the division. And you see the stats here on YouTube. Three and three is uh, Bussey with a two, three, five goals against. It's nine, twenty six. Save percentage, he's been great, as well as Di Pietro. uh, I'm sorry, that was Di Pietro. Bussey is five and four with a two, six, three and a nine, eighteen. So they both have very similar stats, and they've both been. You
1: know, the the best players along with John Farinacci on a team that's been underachieving really. Yeah, they have been. Uh, you know, and you know, that's kind of the Bruins MO. It's it's goaltending and defense and those guys have really been kind of the the anchor there that have that have uh held that team and, and kept them afloat when the rest of the right. team's really not playing well. Uh no. you know, outside of Farinacci and them. Uh, you know, Lysells had a few games here and there where he was uh, seemed to kind of been trending in the right direction, but outside of that, not a lot to be happy about down there. So, um, you know, hopefully they can turn it around with some better goaltending and and get some of the rest of the team playing, playing better.
0: For sure. And I thought they'd be better offensively. They just don't seem to create much offensively. The couple of guys like Lysel has been Decent, pretty good. And mm-hmm. Farinacci, of course, has been the point leader, but just not a lot of great offense from them. And they, they, they just, you know, when it started back in the playoffs last year where well, they didn't score much in that series, uh, the first round loss. And now it, as it's continued into this year. There's not getting a lot of of offense uh, from a team that I thought would have some really good offensive talent as a young team. So that's been disappointing. So hopefully they can get it going. I think, um, I think the season.
1: Yeah. I think Merkulov, they've been trying to focus with him more on his defense. So I think his point right, stuff is down a little bit. Yeah. Uh Uh, and he's trying to kind of fill out his game so that he can be, you know, an NHL player. So um, I -hmm. guess that's where you want that stuff to develop. But you know, when he comes up here, you want him to be responsible defensively, but you still want him to produce. So there has to be kind of a balance there, kind of a fine line that, that I don't think he's found yet down there that he needs to kind of figure out before uh, he'll get called up to Boston. Yeah, for sure. And then our prospect
0: spotlight and this week, we feature Andre Gasso of the Boston College Eagles, who was a seventh-round pick, 213 overall in 2021 for Boston. Uh, he's 6'4", 205, a center, and in 14 games with the Eagles, five goals and five assists, including two the other night, uh, playing with Oscar Jelvik, other pros- uh, Bruins prospect who's played well, as well, and it's hard to believe when you got a guy six four two zero five going to BC and producing for the one of the top co- you know colleges in the country mm-hmm. that he'd be a seventh round friggin pick. <laughs> yeah, like it's just like six four two zero five center, like that can score and give you good offense it's just
1: mind boggling to me that he'd be picked in the seventh round. Yeah. And he's a handsome kid. Profile. You saw those, uh, yeah. if on, yeah. saw on the YouTube, yeah. yeah Good looking kid handsome too. Himself. Yeah. 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 So, uh, yeah, he, he, yeah. uh, he, I mean, maybe his games kind of blossomed at BC where, uh, yeah. prior to that, he wasn't as much of an offensive threat. So, I mean, if that's, the case that's a good sign. Maybe he's a little bit of a late bloomer, and and the Bruins catch a break. They're drafting him late, and and can get a steal out of that.
0: Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you my inner Pierre Maguire right here and say that he was from the National U18 team <laughs> in the development program uh, in the Fargo Force of the USHL. Andre Gasso. He's playing pretty well for the Eagles, who are one of the top teams in the country. Just a juggernaut of a team with a all freshman line and all sophomore line and in yeah. all of them. NHL draft picks and just a really, really good hockey program. Looking forward to that bean pot. Oh, it's America gonna be a BCU battle. Yeah. In Harvard, 20th in the country. They're right there too. It's mm-hmm. gonna be a good one for sure. Uh, all right, Bender's poll. Smitty, all the credit goes to you for this one. It was a beaut. (laughs) What what is wrong with Brad Marchand? As we said before, here were the the options. A bad stretch, he'll be fine, or declining, or cashed, or the C is too heavy. Coming in at 1% was cashed, so that's good. Now, virtually nobody thinks he's
1: cashed. That's excellent. Uh, excellent news. That's excellent.
0: Yeah. 13% had the C was too heavy. Some people do think that he's, it's weighing. And you mentioned it tonight that it could be weighing on him a little bit too much, taking on too, too much responsibility.
1: Yeah. I think he might be trying to do a little too much, uh, trying to, trying to lead um, by, by doing a little too much. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And then the declining had 19%, so there are some people in my in my team here that say that he's declining some, which I think he is. I think I, I think we can be okay with that he is. I mean he should be. Yeah, he's
1: he should 34 be. and he's or whatever it is, 34, 35 and he's had two hip surgeries. Yeah, a lot so, of miles yeah. on him as a as a smaller guy, sure. 34, 35, a yeah. lot of battles, won a lot of battles. Um, mm-hmm. But even declining, we're not saying he's a bad player, folks. We're not no. saying he's bad. No. We're just saying not he's not one of the top three wingers in the league like he was a few years right. ago. You know, that's no, a decline crazy. for him. You know, going from yes. a top three winger in the league to a top 20 winger in the league. You know, right. we're not saying he's, he's garbage. We're just saying right. <laughs> he's not one of the right. best wingers he's in the, the entire same. league anymore.
0: No, he's not the same. Right. And then sixty-seven percent said just a bad stretch. Brad Marchand will be fine. I hope and that's look, what it is. He might score two goals Thursday night. I hope he
1: does. All is well. I hope he does. You know what I mean, all is well. I think he'll. Um, I think he will be, and they will be fine in the long run. Um, but like I said, you know, he's just he's not going to be the you know when you talk about the best right-wingers in the entire game, you're not going to mention his name anymore at the top. He's going to be a little no, bit further the down the list, no. and that's fine. No, not, not at the top. Not at the top. Um, all right, so the week ahead is a big one.
0: 11-30 on Thursday night versus San Jose at home. Then at Toronto on December 2nd, and then the next night, December 3rd, versus the Columbus Blue Jackets as the Bruins look for revenge from that porous Columbus team that
1: smacked him. That uh, should be, Ohio. that should be a bloodbath. I feel like, yeah, I, feel like, yeah, I yeah. feel like there's, yeah. that's going to, there's going to be some situations. Mm-hmm. There's going to be some scrums. There's going to be some, there's going to be some nastiness in that one. Cause and I think Freddie's going to drop the
0: gloves. or So I think he's going to try, he may even take a misconduct and jump a guy. Like he's, I think he's going to
1: target that one right there. Yeah. I think there's going to be some situations that develop on that, uh, December 3rd game against Columbus. So developing situation. So I think, Just, um, yeah. I think uh, everybody should tune in on that one and follow along with us on Twitter. Cause that's going to be a, that's going to be a good yes. time. It's going to be a bond burner.
0: It is. It's going to be some good discussion. We've had some great discussion on the X on the, uh, on the Twitter mm-hmm. the formerly known as Twitter. Mm-hmm. Uh, That's some great interaction with the folks, the fans, and, and we've seen a big bump in our interaction. We love it. It's awesome. We do. So do it every night with us. Yeah. Go to inside the Rink.com for Bruins benders merchandise. Follow us on the social media at Bruins benders and subscribe to the inside the Rank YouTube page. Let's get out of here. Thanks a lot for
1: listening. Go. Bruins. Thanks a lot. Bye. Bye.